And welcome back to the second half of the first Civics Reaffirmed audio blog. Do enjoy. As you move from you know a local government to the state government and then move from the state government to the federal level government, you get more and more disconnected from the people that live in a particular area. And the problem with that is that, you know, that was the entire idea of having you know, separate state governments and, and, you know, not just having one big centralized federal government, right, mm-hmm. is is the acknowledgement that different people in different areas want to live in different ways, right? They have different needs. They have different wants. It's, it gets back to that, you know, trying to approximate the idea of individuality and self-interest and trying to get a government that actually reflects that nature of your country, Um and so it's sort of the it's the antithesis of the the big government idea. It's it's the try and push power down as low as you possibly can and sure. or control down to the local communities so that they can live however they want to live and they mm-hmm. can have a government that reflects their their belief systems. And you know that of course that idea is very scary to people that have appointed themselves as the hero to save people from themselves, right? That that arrogant point of view that uh, that they know better than the, the mere peasants do. And it's. Uh it's, it's striking that that is the that's the whole motivating force behind all this is that they've created this this puppet system this uh, well we'll win in 2014 and or, or we're going to shut you down in 2014 or we're going to you know blow you out of the water in 2016 and then you won't ever win a national election ever ever again uh, I remember the commentary I was unfortunate to uh, have to listen to the post election coverage on ABC. And listen to them all gloat and you know sh- you know have their shoulders held high and you know uh, trying to refrain themselves to act professionally uh, you know act like they're actually a news organization that was purporting the facts and then they weren't cheerleading for Obama to you know point his finger and say all of you people who believed against me you know put his fingers in his ears and and blow spit out his mouth and say you lose you know and it's like are we really, is that really what we've degraded ourselves to is, uh, you know, what you do when you're in fourth grade, you know, what you do to someone who you don't like in fourth grade, you know, that's exactly what we're coming down to. And, you know, I, I don't know if it was my grandfather or, or somebody in my family said that uh, reality of life, you really don't, you really don't step beyond rules of the playground. And I didn't really understand that at the time. But, you know, looking back on it now, it's exactly right, right? You know, I think of somebody who's a professional, uh, you know, an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or, heaven forbid, a politician even, would have a sense of maturity, right? What are we doing here? Why are we really fighting like this? Why are we, you know, constantly at ends with each other, tearing each other apart? But it's the rules of the playground, you know. You know, it's that we don't we don't ever we don't ever grow beyond that. We don't ever grow up to say me attacking you and you attacking me is not beneficial to anybody. And I guess we could start clo- wrapping it up uh, with with this and saying that the the purpose of this blog is to 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 elevate that discussion, elevate that discourse to where uh, the people who responsibly and uh, I don't try to think of the right word reasoned that the purpose the true purpose the, the higher purpose of government is to ensure prosperity to the most number of people and I would say that today's motive is to keep everybody down 
you know, uh, the, the government is here to make sure that you don't exceed your boundaries. And they've defined those boundaries. Uh, that's the well, whole I, I think it's, I think they're getting carried away with, you know, kind of what you, you said. I think they're getting carried away with trying to ensure prosperity for people, right? I, you know, I guess I would say I don't, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that it is, it's not their job to ensure anybody's prosperity because when they, when they start trying to ensure prosperity, right, then they, then but they start getting, then they start, that's when the, the things start breaking down, right, is when you start trying to, you know, well, how do I make sure that this particular section of people and how might, by the way, how would I choose which people I try to ensure prosperity for, right? Well, it, oh, well, it, I'm a politician and I happen to reflect a certain group of people and so I'm going to take from my enemies, right, that I'm trying to spit on. I'll take from them and I'll give to my glorious little electorate. Right? And that gets me votes. That's the Absolutely. first primary. That's the first primary motive, right? You know, essentially, if you if you hand out candy, in the form of you know rebates, tax incentives, you know all of this from from the federal treasury. That oh, by the way, we're you know sixteen point nine six seven trillion in debt. You know, if you've got an unlimited pot of candy that you can just start throwing at people and say. Oh, you want this? All oh, right, okay. Uh, are you uh, are you black? You like this? All right, here we go. Are you white? You like this? You're poor? You know, it's 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 um, divide and conquer at its most deplorable. Mm-hmm. And so you um, you're you're completely distracted from the purpose that you're supposed to be, which is to unleash the the individuality uh, of people. You know, if you if you read. The, the philosophers of the modern enlightenment, they said that that is where uh, government should be, is, is, is allowing the expansion of, of the human uh, capacity for ingenuity to thrive. And I can, I can only think in my mind how much uh, underachievement that's happening in society, how much potential is not being tapped, how many people are, are sitting at home desperate to find work, desperate to find a stable job, desperate to support their family, simply because uh, the goal of our government now is to keep you dependent upon them. And the notion that, like you said, that they can plan your prosperity says that you think like a group, you know, that all white people, all white males want this, and all females want this, and all Jews think this way. And it's like, it's really, that's not what uh, the, the even Martin Luther King envisioned the world being is that wouldn't see you for the content or I'm sorry for the color of your skin I would see you for the content of your character that's not just merely a black white issue that's a that's a man woman issue that's a uh, every division of race religion issue it, it's essentially saying you're a human being what do you want look at me for who I am not for what I look like or not how much money I make how much money I, I make. It's, it's the pursuit of happiness. It's, it's, it's getting down, down to the purpose of government, the purpose of society, the purpose of you being here on this earth is not to serve a master. It's not to serve a government. It's not to serve the Leviathan, as Thomas Hobbes called it. It's for you to serve your family. It's for you to serve your community. You know, the, the notion of self-interest tends to be portrayed as selfishness when it's not the case self-interest is doing what i know how to do best to serve other people right a baker is good at baking he provides a good and a service he's not 
I mean, he's doing it to make money so that he can continue to provide that service. But guess what? He probably enjoys making bread, making donuts. Well, and it's interesting because if somebody who would criticize the idea of self-interest as a motivation uh, or as a motivating factor um, would, of course, somehow imply that the government is, is a better is a better way to sort of mitigate, you know, the the risks and 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 the pitfalls introduced by self-interest and this evil selfishness that they correlate with self-interest. And the interesting thing is, but who, who are you substituting for that person's self-interest, right? They're what you're wrong. doing is substituting somebody else's interest for that person's interest, you know, that, that person's. So you're basically allowing somebody else to force that person to go against their self-interest. So well, you're, you're just substituting somebody else's interest for that and forcing it upon somebody because else. Because guess what? So. People are still in government. Absolutely, that's that's and the so, point. And so the, the notion that, that Woodrow Wilson was alluding to is that somehow if you make something an administrative process, that it becomes angelic. You know, if you've got the uh, Environmental Protection Agency looking over the environment, that somehow the flaws and pitfalls of humans is, humans don't apply. But if you had a private entity look over the environmental uh, health and well-being of, uh, of a community or something like that, Oh my God! If it's a private entity, then the motives of humans will drive it. It's, it's and, evil, That's and right. it's evil, right? And but but they cast government and then the administrative sense as uh, angelic, just above and, that, right? And yeah. oh, it's only looking out for the best interest. Well. Is it? That's the whole purpose of this podcast is to prove that it's not. Right. The self-interest is the government. It becomes selfish for government. It becomes the uh, the, the the manic uh, possession of power, the a- the a- acquiescence of power, the concentration of, of why whatever means, right? It, you know, you can look at it. Uh, the The growth of government is directly related to the uh, cost and value of the dollar and you know it, it's an ever-increasing cycle it doesn't matter who's in charge because the bureaucracy is really in charge and that doesn't change right uh the the heads of the administration changes right the head of the epa will change uh the head of the treasury department will change when the administration changes but the, the purpose and the, the 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 goals the objectives don't those continue on yeah and, and, and people I, don't see that and that i think that's one of the problems that we got to overcome and speaking of you know self-interest it's it's kind of like you know we're almost turning into you know a country of people that that don't remember or don't know what it's like to actually have the freedom you know and the responsibility that comes with your freedom to pursue your self-interest right it's the you know the idea that for example somebody supports the National Park Service basically putting up cones and not allowing somebody to get out of their tour out of a bus and take pictures in a national park right now. Yeah, you can't. A, are you really trying to tell me that the, did that pose a safety risk of some kind, or or what? You know, why did you not allow that person to do that? Right? Yeah. Why were they not allowed to do that? And they they said that I believe what you're referring to is an article about a a bus tour that was essentially in the middle of Yosemite when the government was quote shut down and. Well, heaven forbid you you occupy your own property, uh, in, in the sense that you're now a hazard to the to the otherwise docile park when when the rangers are on duty and, and watching out for you. You know, they they think they the, the the quoted term was that you can't recreate. 
Yeah, you can't recreate. It's like inside well, inside a inside a park that's owned by you. Right, and it's, so and people, you know, and I saw one of the retorts to this, uh, you know, was well, you know, there's all these people saying, well, there's you know, everybody just is taking back that land. The people are taking the land back, but I don't see those people that are taking the land back. I don't see them out cleaning the toilets and maintaining the trails and all that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I thought, you know, that that's a good reflection on how pathetic our society has become, right? It's this belief that if I didn't have a national park service or a, a ranger out there to clean the toilet, that I wouldn't be able to experience or safely experience or fully experience that national park or something. It's like, you know, that park, that, that land has been there for a very, very, very long time. And those rangers didn't, they didn't build that toilet until, you know, who knows, 100 years ago or something like that. I don't know when Yosemite first opened officially as a national park. Exactly. But um, probably less than 100 years ago, actually. But anyway, the idea is that, you know, people have gotten to this this sort of caged-in state where we're used to, you know, we're, we're like the caged bird, right? We're, we're just used to living in this state where we think that if you didn't have the government there, well, what would we do? It's like, well, what did we do before the government was there to, to hold your hand? Well, and that's, well, you did fine is the answer. You know, that's Sure we did because we're, we're adults and we understood responsibility. We understood that we existed with other people. We had respect for other people. And uh, we weren't selfish, right? We didn't, we didn't uh, chuck our McDonald's bag out the window knowing that somebody in the city government would pick it up eventually or the wind in Kansas would blow it away such that I wouldn't be held responsible for, quote, littering. We cared about that. And, and the, a good analogy would be the Founding Fathers trusted the, the people to be the arbiters of power, the, the holders of the power, the consent of the governed and separations of powers and such like that, didn't set up the power structure such that it was for the government, it was for us. It was a... a, a a process that gave us the most credit and what you were alluding to with the the park rangers needing to be there to keep the parks clean says that the government doesn't trust the people to understand that they need to pick up after themselves and do the, all these sorts of things it essentially says that we're a bunch of children you know i'm a parent of a of a 20 month old daughter and you know I don't trust her to know that. I don't trust her to know uh, that she needs to go to bed on time and eat the proper foods. And but that's that's the role that you know God has given me as a parent to kind of nurture that development. Well, would I tell my daughter 25 years from now that she needs to go to bed at you know 8:45 at night or 7:30 at night, or that she needs to eat her vegetables? Do I call when I call her every night? <laughs> no. That's the, that's it. Is it our 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 uh, government doesn't treat us like adults? They treat us like children. And right. Yeah. You won't. You're not capable of cleaning up after yourself. You're not capable of driving safely on this road in this national park unless I'm here to block it off. In certain cases, you know. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's just a general belief that uh, the the people aren't self sufficient anymore, and and unfortunately, in a lot of ways, they're right. Right. Because I think in old times there would be. Uh, if a government tried to assume this arrogant, you know, parental sort of role in society, people would reject it. I like to think the people in like the the greatest generation. I think if they if they had a government that started outwardly acting like this, like it does in a lot of ways now, 
a lot of those people would just say, what do you think you're doing? You know, are, are you kidding me right now? And yet we've, we've been bred over time. You know, I shouldn't say bred, but we've been, it's been ingrained over time, right? As, as you get these generations that have grown up with, with, this, with this around you, right? It's just like the Patriot Act now. You've got, you know, this latest generation now is going to, they won't know anything different than, you know, your daughter isn't going to know anything different than this idea that you need this NSA, CIA, uh, FBI, um, you know, there's just huge conglomerate of intelligence you know, organizations all work, working together to keep you safe because there's these terrorists that are just trying to attack you at every millisecond of the day. Yeah. You know, and she's going to grow up believing that. Well, she probably won't because she has a, an informed dad, but a lot of kids are going to grow up believing that because that's the environment they grew up she in. She would naturally associate to that more than than not because that's the mainstream, right? We're we're cult thinkers by nature, and you know, and your allusion to the greatest generation is proof positive that. Yeah, previous generations wouldn't stand for that, right? When, when the, the barricades were, or fences or whatever you want to call it, cones were put up around the World War II memorial when they had honor flights there, for those generations to come see their memorial, likely before they before they you know pass away, they looked at those fences and said, no, not going to do it. They said, I don't care if there's a fence here. This is my monument. This is my memorial. I'm going to see this. I came here to see this. Right. Doesn't matter if the government is, you know, shut down 15%, which is the truth, you know, that they're, that they're going to make it the most uncomfortable for the people as possible. They said, no, that's not right. And they went ahead and broke down the barrier. And I would like to say that, you know, uh, if I, if it was our generation, you know, a lot of the, 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 if it was a common person in our generation, which is a millennial, They'd look at that fence and they'd look at the the sign that says, you know, the government has been shut down and we apologize for the inconvenience, you know, the typical, you know, the dribble that would come from a from a bureaucrat. And we'd look at it and we would scratch our heads and we'd say, well, I guess we can't go. You know, I guess we can't because there's a fence and I got to follow the rules. And well, I, don't have, this. I, I don't have a self-determination of what's right and wrong. I just follow the rules. Sure. And and. You know, it's interesting, and that's what people were trying to justify, that World War II memorial. This goes back to the horse racing mentality, right? There's got to be a way. Somehow I can justify them blocking this open-air memorial off. And so the idea was, well, if you don't have people there to staff it, then it's going to get vandalized and all this sort of things. Like, really? Do you, I mean, do you really think, for example, that the World War II vets, do you think that – how many of those guys do you think are going to go in there and vandalize, and vandalize the World War II memorial? And if, let's say, let's say – there, there was some punk kid that decided to go in there with a spray can and start spraying all over the World War II memorial while these veterans are standing around. Do you? Well, first of all, do you think there'd be any kid that would have the audacity to do something like that right in front of all the vets? And then, second of all, what do you think would? Do you, you don't think anybody would react to that? You think it takes a public service of it? You know, it takes a public official to be able to stop something like that from happening? It just goes back to that same idea that well, the citizens can't do anything to stop that. You know, yeah, there's nothing a citizen could ever do to stop them. They just have to call nine one one and get the police, right? It's like yeah, because well, they're the only one trained to do it. Right. right. Oh yeah, only the yeah. police, only the they experts know how, know how they to do know that. how better than anybody else to 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 neutralize a uh, a, a punk kit, right? You know, I'm pretty sure that. A uh, even an 85 year old World War II vet can take down a punk kid if they were able to successfully, you know, navigate the the European and Japanese campaigns during World War II. They had to deal with a little bit more adversarial enemies than than a kid who's trying to express himself. But it's just this idea that yeah, the the 
that the government is somehow not uh, an entity made up of people anymore. It's just this almost godly force that's always there for the benevolent purposes to protect your memorial or protect your park or whatever. It's like people people have been perfectly capable of maintaining that land for thousands and thousands of years before you know the National Park Service was even conceived. That land was there, yeah. and it would still be there if the National Park Service yeah. wasn't there. And, uh, so, and, uh, and, and in all honesty, you know, this is proof positive that I'm not, a, I'm not an ideologue. I believe in the National Park Service. I think we should conserve nature's land for future human use. I am a conservationist. I'm a hunter. I believe in that. I think if we set aside some land that way is it's not all a bad thing it's not it's not it's not a, a despot you know essentially saying that this is my land and i'm going to own it and you can't touch it you know the purpose of the national park is for people to be able to experience nature as it was prior to you know modern society but what i don't agree with is the environmental uh persona or the environmental philosophy that says that subhuman species are superior to human species and, and that we need to you know blow away uh, society for global warming purposes that we're destroying the world and you know I, I don't agree with that now we're getting off topic but that it kind of just it kind of speaks to the, uh, the the decisions that government makes and the reasons why they make the decisions and and who they're catering to you know, they're catering to uh, a populace that is, by and large, uninformed. You know, not informed responsibly by government. You know, it's not responsibly informed by the news organizations. And it, the, the ironic thing is that they're doing it because they understand human psychology better than we think they do. They know we think in groups. You know, uh, to kind of, for a closing comment... Uh, a Scottish author back in the mid-1800s wrote a book called The Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds, and his name was Charles McKay. And his quote from that book says that men, it has been well said, think in herds. It has been well seen that they go mad in herds while they only recover their senses slowly, one by one. I find that Intriguing. I find that a profound comment. It's essentially saying that we'll think with the mainstream and we'll do some crazy things in the mainstream, but only one by one or in very small groups will we come to our senses and will we come to realize that what we're doing makes no sense at all. You know, this party politics system is insane because we are going about it differently and expecting the same result. You know, and it's it's frustrating that so many people are really really bright and they really have good ideas and they really really want to do the right thing but then they throw all their eggs in the wrong basket they throw all their all their eggs in the republican party you know the rnc you know that's where my uh that's where my my uh my vision will be will be had is in the rnc mm -hmm. well that's great you know uh the RNC, I would argue, doesn't have your best interest at hand, but if you want to put your money in there and you want to put your time in there and you want to support Republican candidates, that's perfectly fine. But you also need, should understand what you should expect from them. You're not, you shouldn't expect everything from them. You should understand that where you need to focus is 
in yourself first and convict yourself to understand why you believe what you believe and what you should be doing in your day-to-day life to affect that change. You know, you shouldn't just expect to show up every November 4th uh, of every even year and therein lie will your salvation. That's not going to happen. That's what a lot of people want to be the case, but that's the way it works in a in a in, in a society where you don't have any power. Mm-hmm. You only have fake power, right? Your vote. Your vote matters. Every vote matters. Well, every vote does matter, but it doesn't matter just on election day. It matters what you do the other 364 days of the year where you're trying to uh, to uh, to bring about a society that is a responsible society that achieves the purposes of government, relatively speaking. It doesn't provide for the prosperity of all. It essentially says, you're responsible, you can take care of yourself, I'm going to get out of your way, and you can run your own life. And that's what we're trying to achieve here at Civics Reaffirmed, because after all, we're trying to properly uh, discover the prisms of propaganda. And you can visit our website at www.civicsreaffirmed.wordpress.com. We appreciate your support, uh, and we look forward to talking with you in the future.